Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 60 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. I'm Devin Green. And I'm Joshua Unruh. And this coming weekend on September 17th is ZineFest at the Brass Ball Studios. Vinton Bain, longtime friend of the show, we've had you on before, and you came here to talk to us about this. Tell, welcome. Hey, Hi, hey, Vinton. Hello, everybody. Hi, Vinton. Hello, What's, my friends. I got a question for you. Hey, okay. Yeah, I've question. been wondering for a minute. Yeah. What's a zine? Yeah. What's a zine? Man, that's a loaded question. Well, a zine, in short, is any type of publication that is usually, not always, but usually self-published, printed out in some way to express some kind of information. A lot of times it's creative information. A lot of times it's political information. It actually started, a lot of people might say, with political information. Going back to the 18th century with things like Thomas Paine and Common Sense. That was ah, a zine. the Revolutionary War right. times. Right. And it evolved as it grew and people releasing pamphlets like Mr. Alexander Hamilton releasing political pamphlets. And then as the 1900s came, this became a thing of science fiction. Science fiction authors like short stories and they like getting those out to people, but they can't always find a publisher. So sometimes they would mm -hmm. just print them out on paper and give them away for free or sell them for cheap. H.P. Lovecraft was a big proponent of independent sci-fi short story publishing in that manner. H.P. Lovecraft was a fan of anything that got people to read his stuff without true. him <laughs> leaving his bedroom. Right. Yes. And as the 60s came about, it became even more of a sci-fi thing with shows like Star Trek and that people made fanzines. Right. Just talking about what was going on in those stories and sharing information, background information on the characters, writing their own fan fiction. The zine might be the origin of fan fiction even. It's kind of like the internet before the internet. Yeah, so for the uh, young, for people, real. young people who are out there that, that don't realize, there was a time before the internet and... Uh, <laughs> I barely what? remember it, and it was terrible. Uh, and there were these things awful, called awful Xerox machines. <laughs> yeah, Xerox machines. Oh, which is mimeograph. Why in yeah. the in the seventies and eighties it became really punk rock to make zines because it was so cheap to just copy sure. things off yep, on yep. Xerox machines, make band flyers, talk about your favorite bands, list the shows in there, make your own magazine, and distribute it cheaply for here. Give me a couple of bucks. It's not about making money. It's about getting information out there, getting art mm -hmm. out there, doing things like that. And in the 80s and 90s, it became very political again. Uh, a lot of anarcho punk rock people decided to start putting out information that way. They started um, what were I used called to have friends like that. Yeah, they started mm -hmm. what were called info shops. They were mm -hmm. like anarcho libraries or bookstores where you could go and get all this information oh, in zine yeah. format. And they would also be like community buildings, community hubs, and venues. There was and a place like that guys, in Denver. I remember oh my actually gosh, going to that. I place. Place. start there, one of those. Right. There was we a do place in Dallas <laughs> called Forbidden Books, and it was blue. I, right. I, I met Robin Anton Wilson there. It, yeah. was, it was magical. Even comic books find their origins in a lot of ways in zines because right. of like Tijuana Bibles, if you're familiar with what those are. Early comic books that were very dirty and passed Super around classy. for free. So classy, you guys. Underground, just to hide the information so no one would be in trouble for these dirty, gross comics. Right. Right. And I, well, because I remember this, the, the bookstore that used to sell these in Denver, I actually was pretty sure if you ever walked in or walked out of there, you were immediately under surveillance by the FBI because mm -hmm. it was so, so much anarchy <laughs> right. type of. I mean, it was some, some very oh, yeah. subversive type things that in the 80s and, and early 90s you would have been seriously busted for. And then, of course, mm -hmm. there's the Internet. So that, you know, now it's just on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's on the web. It's just raw. Now they're just tapping your phone. <laughs> yes. And really, these zines haven't necessarily transformed, but just added on all the things that they were to begin with are still going on. So there's still fanzines. Uh, I mentioned the sci fi authors doing creating things. Isaac Asimov got his start writing in fanzines. So did George R. R. Martin. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people might not know that they really? loved fanzines and what? liked writing fan fictions and doing these things. So that's how they got their start. Sure, and again, all and but even though with the internet being the way it is, these things are still pretty popular. Yes, yeah. Uh, by definition, zines don't usually get mass-produced quantities, so mm -hmm. you're not going to see many zines reach over a thousand print limit. Uh, but they're it's one of those things where people love touching pages still. They love finding these small gems that they can't find other ways. And now with the internet, you've had more ways to to put them out there. You can now get PDFs of your favorite zines a lot mm -hmm, of times mm -hmm. emailed to you back in the day you had to write to a p.o box and send a five dollar bill and they would send you back a zine or whatever right. but now you can email and get them that way still through the mail local bookstores local comic shops have them uh it just depends on where you go but they are still around and that's one of the things that zine fest is wanting to do is 
celebrate that and celebrate all the local creators who have zines so we can have one local source for one day where you can come and see everything that's being made in our city zine wise Oh, I love that. So what, we, cool. what can we be, people expect if they go? Yeah. Because um, this is uh, this is your second year. Or is it the show's my, second year? Th- this is the first show, show that I know of that they have done. Uh, oh, okay. And they're at least advertising as Oklahoma City's first Zine oh, Fest. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I thought that this had happened last year. I was right. apparently misinformed. A friend of mine, Clint, is putting it on. He makes his own zine, does really cool art. He's involved in a lot of different arts in Oklahoma City, does music and these different things. And he got just hooked up with a bunch of other people that make zines and decided to do this at the Brass Bell Studio. And even the people that that's own the right, brass Michael bell. Brass Bell. What did oh, I say? Right. Brass balls. <laughs> did which, I really? Which I kind of like better, honestly. But heads up, don't go Google that. Oh yeah, Brass Bell. Yeah, please don't. I don't know where that because uh, I'm trying to read my own writing. And, actually, yeah, I, I should have. Yeah, no, it's I, great. I like yours better. I'm just saying. <laughs> we should you won't find where. Ball that's right. Welcome to Brass Ball Studio. Google it. For those who are local, Brass Bell Studio is located just north of Shepherd Mall. It's 2500 Northwest 33rd Street on Villa. So it's it's tucked away in what looks it like really a residential is. neighborhood. And then mm. there's like two art shops like right there. And Neat. they're one of them. The owners, Tanner and Ashley, are going to be involved making their own zine. There's another local zine that I really like called Lur Lur Lur. It's a comic book zine done by two of my local artist friends. So really, if you come to this thing, what you can expect is I think there's around 30 different tables of people that produce their own zines in some way or form. And they're all going to be different because zines are radically different one to another right. oh so yeah they have to be very exactly. individual yeah i mean i mean there's such a singular vision yes with no there's no compromise right yeah. like it's i don't That's even care if i about. get an audience it's just getting information yeah. out there in some way or form so you're going to expect comics you're going to expect fiction you can expect some maybe even some political ideas i don't know that there's any that i know of on that list that are going to be that way but there's a bunch on there that i don't know so that's completely possible as well exciting and it's and it's just as individual as the person who puts it together absolutely Mm -hmm. how did you get started i know you you've got a volume two graphomania here in front of you that you and your wife do together how how, pray tell how did this begin (laughs) so Ever since I got into the punk rock scene, I wanted to make a zine because that was a big thing. Even to this day in the punk rock scene are zines. That's how you get information. You can find fanzines for your bands or just random information like that. And I liked making them on computers, just cutting stuff out, pasting different pictures together, doing things like that. But I never put one out. I would make them and then never put them out. (laughs) (laughs) So I would make band flyers, which is close, but it's not a booklet. So when I got married to an artist and she was doing a certain type of art, and I did photography and I did writing and she did writing. I was like, let's try to work on something together. Let's see if we can make art that works together. And the best way that I could think to do that was a zine style. And what I ended up doing is taking my photography and her writing, my writing and her uh, illustrations and putting them all in the Photoshop basically. And just setting out a, a booklet page wise, just blank pages. And they just started dropping things in on top of each other and seeing what fit, what meshed together, what words fit with what pictures, what photographs would layer behind what illustrations and doing all of this together. And the name Graphomania really expressed what I wanted out of it. And it was to get information out there no matter what, Mm -hmm. if it was in my head to take my, my imagination and put it on paper. And it didn't matter if I hated it. It didn't matter if it had no meaning whatsoever. I wanted it out there. I wanted to do something with it and to stop just making things on my computer and never put it out there. Right. How, how did that work for you? How, once you started to create this, did it, did it really seem to flow for you? Yeah. So I didn't really advertise it or anything and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just started putting them together, like I mentioned, and it really did work out perfectly. It was like, I think Stephen King says that when he writes a story, it's like uncovering something. Mm-hmm. It's like the story was already there and he just digs until it's uncovered. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it felt you just dig and it felt uncovered. And when I released it, I didn't expect a big following behind it or a bunch of people to buy. It. I was just like, I'll just put this out there. Hopefully we'll sell a few issues, make our money back. We'll see what happens. And I think we just now started our second printing of the first issue because we ran out of copies and I overdid the first run of it. So I didn't think that was ever going to happen, but people buy it. Like we sell one, like once a week down at DNA galleries, the only place you can actually buy it right now. And we might kind of spread out from there since we sell so well there as well. But yeah, the, we just had it at that one place. We had it at a, a show opening that we did when, when her and I did a collaborative art show together. And it has done really well. I've been really surprised by it. Since I don't advertise, I don't really talk much about, about it. It's just sitting there at the shop. Right. DNA nice. Galleries, where's that? That is in the Plaza, in the Plaza? District on 16th okay. Street, 16th and Blackwilder. Mm-hmm. 
That is amazing. And that is the only, you said, the only place you can get. At the moment, we are going to look into putting it in some other places, maybe okay. Empire Strikes books, because mm-hmm. they are big into supporting Woo-hoo. some local zines. Yeah. Also, um, are you available online anywhere? Uh, my wife put them on her Etsy at one point. Okay. And I don't know if they're still up there or not, but that's Tessa Raven Art. Okay. But those were also physical products. Do you offer them as digital I don't at the moment, well. but I have the files. I've been looking to see what the best way to do that would be. I, I wanted to do a thing where I could sell the zine, and if you bought the physical zine, it would come with a code for yeah. a free digital Ooh. one. But I couldn't think of an easy way to just have a random code in every single zine, so I yeah. wasn't sure what to do there. Um, yeah. We should talk off air. We'll I have that. a suggestion of how right. you could do that relatively <laughs> easily, I think. <laughs> so the same person can't be using it over and over again. Right. Yeah. Right. I almost wanted to just, since I wanted to get the information out there, I wanted to just be like, hey, just email me and I'll send you a free code. <laughs> Right. Uh, and I think I have seen we'll some. We'll be able to figure this out, then. I guarantee go. it. <laughs> and I think I have seen some some uh, zines over at Empire Strikes. Right. They do sell, mm-hmm. uh, I think, four or five different ones that are going to be at the zine fest. I know that for a fact they sell Lur, Lur, Lur. Um, and that one's fantastic. It's really just all comic strip type humor mm-hmm. and uh, different storytelling that way. I think that the time is super ripe for this, honestly. Like, so it would be easier for people to find out that you and Tessa are creating the zine thanks to the internet, right, like right. thanks to social media Absolutely. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, so, so it's easier for people to find out it exists at all, but that there is a willingness for um, physical artifacts, like, and, and to, to pay for them at, I don't want to say a premium cause it's not like you're, it's $10 or right, $20 yeah. for your zine. But I mean, the, the, you know, ponying up some money that might have seemed ridiculous for a photo photocopied thing in uh, photocopied thing, excuse right. me, in 1988. Now, a little bit printing is cheaper, and yours are colorful and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and, they are, and probably cost less than the Xeroxing did in 1988. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, the, oh, that's pretty pricey stuff. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, but I mean, I mean, it just the, I mean, it's like a. You know, the person who wants the hardcover book just so they can go get it signed or the person who's still buying vinyl records, like the physical artifact. Which that's not some, that's something I didn't mention, but a that's a interest. big place you can usually find zines is record stores. That's Absolutely. where they really found their prominence with the punk right. rock days, as you get them in record stores. Wait, there's still record stores. There are still record stores. <laughs> there's a record well, store right by my house, um, Classen. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Northwest 18. That sense of nostalgia. I mean, you're tapping into oh, that as well. Is you know, people who grew up with zines, you know. They're, they're, you know, they're a different level of quality, but also you're tapping into that, you know, that, ooh, I used to, you know, I used to read these when they were photographed, right. photocopied so at the library. Yeah. 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 You know, so I and think. The first issue I did, I wanted to shoot for that photocopability, if I can make mm-hmm. up a word. Yeah. And I made it all in black and white in Photoshop because I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to be able to Xerox these off if I need to. Yeah. And that's how the way I released it. The only thing color about it was the cover. I put the cover on a thicker piece of paper and made that color, but the rest of it was all black and white. And with this issue too, I was like, well, I'm going to make it in color so I can send people PDFs and they can see the color even though I'm printing in black and white. And when I got to the time to print, I transferred all the files into black and white and looked at them and I went, I don't like this. Oh yeah, that does not Which I knew that work. as a graphic designer, but I was willing <laughs> to go in and like fix it all. Yeah, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to fix it all. I like it in color so much. So I then shopped it around and found a place that would print it for a reasonable amount. I still have to probably up the price by a dollar or two on the color one, this volume two, but it's... Beautiful. I they right. gave me a it test really printing is. from the from the printer, and I just was blown away by my own Gorgeous. art, which has never happened. I'm usually always looking super critical <laughs> at my own art, but they handed me this booklet, and I flipped through it, and I was like, "I'm happy with this. I'm happy with something <laughs> I created. This has never <laughs> happened to me." Right? Yeah. <laughs> when you no. yourself are thinking, "I would buy this." Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be amazing. That's yeah. I think no. I think you've honestly. I think you've nailed it. I, I th- there's there's a place for for any type of the zine, but I mean, I think that you can get this really this level of quality and beauty now in desktop uh, publishing, you, you know, that yeah. you could not have done with, with the Xerox copability. Um, so you copy ability. copy ability. <laughs> Listen, I was I say, on the Vinton train. <laughs> I say we, I, I say we coined the word copability. <laughs> but it's uh, like culpability. Culpability. <laughs> <laughs> It's your responsibility to make copies of this. Right? Get cracking. But I mean, so you can get that, like the subversiveness or the nostalgia factor, and it still look like this incredibly mm-hmm. polished product. Right. It's, right. it's, but not really too great. polished. No, I mean, well, yeah. 
it's I mean, okay. Yeah. You you can it's see pumped. some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's you can see some pictures on our Instagram, right? Devin. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. I'm making yeah. that like happen. they're happening now. Right now. I, well, I wanted to make sure before I said. Speak. Yes. So you can go see that it's still yeah, I mean it's it's done themselves, mm-hmm. but I mean a level of craft has been brought to this DIYness. Very much so. I'm just breaking up so. words too. It's yeah, fine. The, the first time I saw it, I, I just it was so punk rock. Was mm-hmm. the very first thing mm-hmm. I thought of was it was Good. so punk rock. Your local church has it. Oh, it is. <laughs> Yes, let's talk more about the history of weird zines. Right. Yeah. I grew up extremely, extremely religious, like backwater woods religious. Did you handle snakes? I No, but <laughs> I couldn't cut my hair. I couldn't wear pants. We didn't listen to secular music, and we couldn't. We had to stay four feet away from boys. So if that gives you... These an, are rules I still follow. <laughs> <laughs> so if that gives you an boy. idea... Yeah. Uh, extremely strict religious upbringing, and they had these zines called zines. <laughs> it's Z I N E, right? Yeah, like, it's yeah, like yeah, magazine. It's, it's, magazine. A shor- it's a shortening of magazines magazine. or fanzines. Magazine. But grammatically, it, no, it no, should it's, be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Listen, it's a free world and it's a DIY project. You can answer <laughs> how you want. You do you. Was, they used to have these things called chick flicks, and I actually. Well, had a lot of chick tracks. Chick tracks. Chick is flicks that, are different things. I'm just messing up all over the place. No, right I'm now. really entertained. I'm, I'm having PTSD right now. Come on now, down so just... to the Brass Ball Studios and see some of our chick flicks. Right. We have made them uh, ourselves. You can at take the them home fest. at the Zine Regardless, Fest. If you send in They're $12.95, including shipping, they will send you if for a they will send you a sample assortment of these. Oh yeah! Check now, is, all you have to do is, is walk into here? anywhere, and you can find yeah, the samples. Yeah. So they're they're on the interwebs, yeah. Right. Because sure. people buy them just to leave them places, so that you mm-hmm. will feel bad about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where, where <laughs> your life? Um, yeah. But, I feel like we were all in a place where someone was trying to get. Was it you and I were at a bookstore where we constantly found them? Oh, constantly. <laughs> when we worked at yeah. half price books, we were at half price books, and we, we had just, collections of people them. People were built concerned from about them the our eternal souls. Yes. Just but I stuck like in the middle of Fifty Shades of Gray. Dallas, yeah. Denver. When I lived, still live in Denver. Walking around Denver, people were handing oh, me guns. All right. that in the Watchtower. Oh, I just. Yep. Just I was tell you or, or asking me if I wanted to buy drugs. I was obviously just a lost soul <laughs> running so around. It's so complicated or, here. I don't know what I want. Like, I look at the sky. He could go either way. These chick yeah. tracks are zines. It yeah. is an exa- I brought yeah. I brought one today just to show how diverse zines can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the fascinating thing, as soon as you say that, I was like, well, yeah, because they are also, I mean, I hesitate to describe them as punk rock, but they are that very DIY Sure. Uh, yeah. Sketch, mm-hmm. you know, very scratchy style art often. Mm-hmm. And because and you, you want to be able right. to run off a bajillion of them for next to nothing. Right. Yes. And while they do sell them themselves, they sell them to people who want to give them away. Give the them point away. is yeah. to give these things away and, and get that information out there. Right. And, and, and you want to appeal to the youths. The youths. Yeah. Youths. But I, I think you were right. It's amazing how in this world of digital, uh, downloadable, free stuff that people are still so interested in holding a a, a tiny a magazine that's yeah. created individually I by people. I say that because I'm legitimately confused by it. Like, I am absolutely the person who, if they would make the price make sense, would just buy digital comics and never need to hold a physical comic ever again. Right. right. Same thing for books. Like, I'm, for my age, shockingly ready to just let that physical media go. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm, I see something like this, and I'm like, I would put this in my house. Oh, without doubt. You know, like I would have this as a conversation piece, and, or and only whatever. that feel right. good about buying it because you know you're you're supporting somebody that's doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm there, kind there's, of the opposite. That pride. Because I still buy like CDs because I like having that <laughs> physical copy of. She's the pretending music. it's 1995 still. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to to get that. They're back. all Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's fighting hard for 95. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Early 2000s, you know. Hey man, my my emo music days. I, I oh, loved I'm sorry. Those. I said Spice Girls, but I should have said. Anya. I was gonna say. I still say there's a beauty. There's a Good beauty Charlotte, of listening to Blink a record. Good Charlotte, 182. Okay. A, a vinyl record. There's still a beautiful putting on the needle on the record. You put the needle on the record. Right. My daughter loves that. <laughs> My daughter has a record player, and her favorite her favorite singer is Ray Charles. There you go. That's awesome. I, and then yes. it goes back to me when I would listen to my father's Beatles albums. Yeah, uh, you know, what? you hear that. I wasn't allowed to touch. Same. 
I wasn't allowed to touch my dad's albums. Well, I didn't. I'm not saying I touched. I'm saying my dad would play. Oh, and yeah. I would, you'd, you'd and you hear would him putting the needle listen. down. And, and yeah, I was just about to say yeah. I never had to touch my dad's albums. They were constantly playing in the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. Way too loud. Apparently, yeah. I could skip tracks as like a three and four year old. So I was the human remote control with the album that I could just like lift it and drop it on the next. Nice. The next yeah. Now were I don't you remember given direction this. or was it just. No, like they would be like, go change the, go, change go, the thing. And three year old me would be like, boop and do it perfectly. But as soon as I became, <laughs> you know, self-aware, I lost this power. Wow. <laughs> it was just super powerful for only like yep. two years. There's nothing better than. It's like, not a great superpower. <laughs> I'll be doing something and then walk towards my daughter's room and you can hear her listening to her records because she has a whole sure. assortment of records. We go to Goodwill and she just picks around a bunch of random ones. Vinyl records like are huge cents. now. They, they are. They're coming yep. back with a vengeance. I think it's the same thing. Because the, they sound And the wonderful. art on the covers artifacts. of them mm-hmm. Physical artifacts. are so great. Mm-hmm. Like you get, the, you basically get a piece of art with the right. sleeve and right. everything and it's uh-huh. just amazing. And, and, I was, and I was bemoaning back about 10 years ago the fact that the concept album was dead. Mm. Oh, that's fine now. Because well, I know it, it was it was ten years ago because everything was downloaded. It was iTunes. You know who would make a concept album when someone's going to bo- download your song? They're not going to download. You know, and and especially if you listen to any concept albums like The Wall or Tommy's right. The Who, yeah. they make no Deltron some of the songs 30, 30. make no sense if you've got them shuffled on random on your iPhone. You, you've you've got to play them in order. That's the whole yeah. point of them. And so I said 10 years ago, I said, the, the concept album's gone. But it's back simply, and not necessarily because of the music industry. It's right. back because of Almost the purchaser. The music yeah, industry. yeah. of popular demand. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's because they said, too. yeah, well, it's, Queen. it's, 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 it's musicians saying. who said, no, I'm going to make an album that makes sense, you know, and... and Mm-hmm. Makes sense. At least, if nothing else, all the songs make sense. But sometimes mm-hmm. each individual song makes sense. That used to be, and the the album cover, you know, whether you're gonna put lyrics on the sleeve, things like this all mattered. Mm-hmm. And for about ten years ago, it looked like that was gone. And right. it's so great to see that it's actually not. It and, and Josh brought up a good point of why I think physical media will always be around. And it's the it's conversation piece. It's something you can right. decorate mm-hmm. your house with. Absolutely. I, my, my living room is filled wall to wall with books and mm-hmm. records. Mm-hmm. And when people walk in, they get inspired and they just look around. And it's that's something that you can't get by me having that digital library on my phone. Mm-mm. Unless exactly. I hand my phone to someone and say, just flip through that for a while. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> it's not the same. But right. you should surround yourself with what inspires you so that when you wake up in the morning, you walk out into your living room, you're inspired by the things that are mm-hmm. surrounding you. Yeah. Truth. That's amazing. Coffee maker. I'm super inspired by my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) That's how how I get up in the morning. After the coffee maker, then you get, you know, that's the first inspiration. And then you, you know, move move into the book room. Maybe. That might be I have paintings. Paintings? Of video games. Posters. There's, yes. I have a Moogle painting that's like hand painted. And I painted a, uh, uh, the quotes from Commander Shepard from Mass Effect, the, at the very end, she gives this very inspiring speech, and yeah. I painted it. What's and a Moogle? A Moogle? It's I like a Moogles. Muggle, but no, it's, it's like, not. It's nothing it's like, like a Muggle. Like a muggle. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Moogle? <laughs> a Moogle is like this fluffy like a little koala. And a muggle. It's kind of like a koala, yeah, a white it's koala. A koala. It delivers mail. Yeah. For, and some of them. Their their characters this, show up in every Final Fantasy game. This is utterly failing to illuminate for me what a movie. You know what? Is. Do you know what a chocobo is? The chocobo. That's what I was just thinking about. It's kind of like a, a reoccurring, like a delicious ostrich. Moogles are yes. like little teddy bears. Yes, yes. Yeah, little magical fairy teddy bears that don't really look that much like bears. There, there it should be a perfect image in your head now. <laughs> so, okay, so Ostrich link. Go, going back to I this, got it. we've Man, got it's uh, weird as crap. Zine, uh, it's their oh, dog. See, you I did not. Your Zinefest at the Brass Balls Studio. <laughs> We're gonna have to make. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna edit all that just so I don't have to worry. Nope. About okay. I know everybody so, knows that's not true. That's no true. editing happens. <laughs> okay, yes, let's editing. get serious. So the Zine yeah. Fest Tell us. at the Brass Bell Studios. Please refresh me again on the address. Right. So the Zine Fest will be at Brass Bell Studios September 17th, 1 to 5 p.m. The address is 2500 Northwest 33rd Street. It's going to be on Villa. If you're familiar with the Oklahoma City area, it is just behind, just north of Shepherd Mall. Right on. Mm-hmm. Now... Obviously, bring some money to buy some zines. Yeah. Is there yeah. any kind of through the door 
ticketing no, I think or anything? it's completely okay. free to go in. All right, excellent. Yep. And there's actually going to be an after party, and I think I'm all about the after, after party, party is at the Blue Note. <gasps> My favorite bar which of all time. The after party has a, has a door fee. It's $5 unless you're one of right. the people table, tabling. But there are three bands playing there. It's Filaments, Better Now, and Creep City. Wow. So at the Blue Note, Blue Note, you yeah, can have right. a Zinefest after party. Got it. Okay, and this is uh, coming up. Yes, and that's I'm my compl- favorite bar. Crab, and September I'm giving Michael Crab, <laughs> and everybody's my getting given. My favorite, right? Okay, bar. that's great. So you'll, so I will be there. So there Nikki will Nikki be representing will be uh, Vinton, and and you and Tessa will both yep, be there. We'll have a table, table, and I think that I'm going to be doing a little bit of live podcasting for my comic podcast oh, there. Yes. By the way, let's let's plug that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, the <laughs> let's plug all nine thousand of your. Uh, <laughs> right. I'll just do a quick plug. The zine is actually what birthed the podcasting because I had this idea of putting yeah, yeah. things out there and getting that information out there. So it kept the same name because I came up with that name Graphomania and I was like, well, I'm just going to keep that for the podcast network that I'm starting because it's just to get information out there. It's to talk and to put ideas forth, whether anyone listens or not, I'm going to put things out there. And that's how it came about. So if you want to know more about the zine specifically, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Graphomania zine. That's G-R-A-P-H-O-M-A-N-I-A. You can see more artwork by me at VintonJBain.com, that's B-A-Y-N-E, or by my wife at TessaRavenArt.com, and you can hear our podcasts at Graphocast.com, G-R-A-P-H-O-C-A-S-T.com. Fantastic. And go see ZineFest at Brass Bells Studio. Atta baby. Okay, and what? <laughs> September 17th. September 17th. What time? One, One to, to five. five. One, One to, five. to five. Okay, and then after party at? Blue note. Yeah, I think the doors open at six and the music starts at seven. Okay. Wonderful. Sweet yeah. action. Um is it anything else we need to know? What's the dress? Fancy dress? Wear oh, some. Yeah. No, no, it's total no. punk. You, Blue notes like you have to tear holes in your jeans punk. before you walk into the building. Punk fancy. <laughs> hipster. You, you could lean a little Or hipster. they will tear the holes come, for come you. In costumes come, and I'll come, just get come in Doc zine. Martin. <laughs> I was gonna say, come as your favorite zine character. Oh yeah, come dressed in like nineties. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny the homicidal maniac, just there, saying. There you go. He was going to wear my concert He was almost pants. a zine. Like, he, yeah. yeah. So. That'd be interesting. Ben, thank <laughs> you, you so okay, very yeah. much for stopping by. Thank okay. you. Thank you. And we're back, and we've got some new guests with us. This Wednesday is Rec Lestiful. I hope I said that correctly. You got it. Um, and uh, our, our special <laughs> guests, Kyle Roberts, Kate Jones, and Colin Place. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. Uh, so, uh, I guess, uh, Kyle, let's start with you. What is Reclestival? Yeah, Reclestival is, uh, it's kind of play on words of my uh, independent motion picture company, Reckless Abandonment Pictures, mm-hmm. and we're kind of making a festival. <laughs> so we're like, hey, what do you think about Reclestival at 2 a.m. when we're trying to figure out what to call this thing? <laughs> yep. Uh, and we're, we're kind of, we haven't done this yet. We have so many short films. We made a post-human project, of course, mm-hmm. a feature film made in Oklahoma, Got into Comic Con and kind of all over the world, and then uh, so many people ask us like, we have to see these films at festivals and stuff like that. So we wanted to make like a one central place where they could come in Oklahoma City to see all this stuff. Uh, and we were thinking about making this like an annual thing um, each year, kind of thing. So yeah, we're so excited about it. What can people see there? So yeah, we're gonna um, start off the night with actually two other um, filmmakers. Uh, Nick Sanford, and he's working on The Harvesters, which is a horror feature, and we're going to, like, world premiere, I guess, the, their trailer that night. Uh, and then we're going to show Oh, is that, that one's just a trailer. Yeah, that Be- was the trailer. I was I'm gathering friends to go with me Wednesday, oh, cool. and one of them was like, I'd love to go, but they're starting with a horror thing, and I just don't do those. <laughs> and I was like, what are you, a five-year-old girl? <laughs> it's the, Yeah, it's a trailer, and the next one's uh, a horror film as well. But it's, it's two minutes, the first two minutes of... Um, Ryan Belgart's new feature film, which he directed Army of Frankenstein, which was with, uh, was with Post-Human Project a couple years ago at Dead Center, and mm-hmm. we travel with them a lot, and they're good buddies of ours. So kind of like spotlighting other filmmakers, and then we'll get into the Kyle Roberts show. No, no, we'll get into like a lot of the Reckless Abandoned Picture Whatever. stuff, which is we have like stop motions that we created that are you know viral videos online, millions of views kind of thing, like uh, Batman and Ninja Turtles. So so for, for uh, family and, and kiddos and stuff, that'll be a really good time. And then even our other shorts are all pretty family-friendly. I would say like PG-13 is yeah. kind of as, as risky as that goes. So all those people that say they don't do horror, <laughs> stay, stay the first 20 minutes and we get into all the kids stuff. There you uh, go. It's really fun. Just come 20 nice. minutes late. It'll be fine. <laughs> Step next door, get a cup of joe. It's yeah. like Bizarro World where we start with the horror, then That's do right. the kids stuff. <laughs> 
Oh, it's like my house. Actually, that's basically my house. <laughs> yeah, it starts, uh, starts off crazy in the morning and then gets a little bit better. <laughs> Simmer. Cool it down. <laughs> cool it down. Yeah, and then we have um, three short films that we made the past few years for uh, 48 Hour, um, A Paradox. We've got, uh, wow, what's the next one? Crouching Lion, Hidden Treasure. And then Heroes of the Realm, which uh, got into Comic-Con again mm-hmm. last year, uh, this past summer, actually. Uh, and then we have a couple surprise screenings as well to show people. So, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Kate, you're a, an actress in, in these, right? Correct? Uh, yes, I'm in Bullet Ears. Well, tell us about this, this role you did, what you, what you were doing. I was the town horticulturist. <laughs> it was, it's it's exactly, it's a perfect gag. It was, yeah. It's a uh, female-driven, like, shoot 'em up uh, old-style Western, and I was, you know, a very fun character. <laughs> she, she was the muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. All about the fists. Fantastic. I got to kick some butt. It was cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Empowerment. I love it. Definitely. <laughs> and uh, Colin, you were actually in the Posthuman Project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played Archie Burke. Okay. Younger brother. Are you surprised by how, I mean, I, I everywhere I turn now, of course, I know because of Dead, Dead Center, it's gotten, uh, you know, how kind of popular it's become. Yeah. It's, it's been like a crazy ride uh, the past like four or five years. <laughs> and, it, and it just like to see where, like the genesis of it, where. You know, we would do fundraising, just crowdfunding, all that stuff, and then moving on to actually shooting and actually making this happen, and then to editing, and then to all these festivals, and just to see it, like, be done, and you get to show it to the whole world. It's a super, like, reassuring and fulfilling feeling where you just get to, like, sit back and kind of watch, um, you know, its success, and, like, the success that it's had has been, like, beyond what I would have thought was going to happen, so... It was definitely like an eye opener. It was kind of shocking. It was awesome. It's got to be pretty amazing how popular just local independent films are in Oklahoma. The the people are it's these seems to be really taking off. Mm-hmm. I think people are starting to look for more out of films because mm-hmm. um, you'll see a lot of reoccurring, um, I guess, topics of films, and you'll just see like, oh, that movie's just like the other one. Uh, and I think people are looking for more, and I I think they find that in independent films. Uh, that's why I think. Netflix is taking off of making a lot of their originals mm. uh, and doing a lot of their independent stuff. That's why I think it's kind of taking off in the independent side. But, you know, I think people just have may, may have a little bit more respect for those. I think also it's just like how we're active in the community, like using everybody's locations. You know, people's family members are in these movies and stuff. Right. And it's just a really cool feeling. I know my family's pretty excited. All my mm-hmm. friends are sitting there becoming my fans. And it's like, oh, crazy. And yeah. mainstream wise, it seems like a lot of it's just a lot of reboots and re- we're going to redo all these movies. Yeah. And the new content is actually coming from the indie film mm-hmm. industry, yeah. which, uh, I mean, people don't want to see the same movie remade three, four times. Yeah. No. It's Spider-Man. not as much risk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Funny that. Yeah. 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 Well, so. and, and it, it's, it's interesting, especially I know that, that Stranger Things isn't uh, independent. But I think that Stranger Things is one of those proofs that it, imitation is so much better than just rebooting something. Because right. if you watch Stranger mm-hmm. Things, it's obvious you can see E.T. in there, mm-hmm. and you can see all these, the Goonies, you can see all Super these different eight, things. Yeah. yeah, Super mm-hmm. 8. You can see all these other things in there. But if they called it E.T. or they called it something else, then it just wouldn't be as special. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Stranger Things feels fresh, and I yeah. think that's right. what you're seeing. They kind of have this you know, cross-genre thing of mixing a, a bunch of their favorite things and, and putting it into one thing that you know, has this cohesive story and feels... Uh, and then bringing some of their own elements to it, like the Upside Down, and some of these th- some of these things right. that feel feel fresh, mm-hmm. like having mm-hmm. the original content and using unknowns and stuff. But they still had, you know, the safety for Winona Ryder. Sure. But yeah. she wasn't my favorite. Well, and she's crazy show. in real life, so that kind of fit her <laughs> fit her character anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually I, and I really truly enjoyed Stranger Things. But have you guys seen Post Human Project? Have you Have you guys all seen that? Mm-hmm. Yes. You have seen that? Have you guys I have seen not. That? Do. It's fantastic. I have uh, not. I, I a superhero guy. guy. It, not for <laughs> lack of superhero trying. guy. It is, I, I thought, it, the the best adaptation of a superhero type story that I'd ever seen. Um, and I love the fact that we could, it's still got great special effects without having to spend billions of dollars, like, you know, you, which you don't have. Yeah. Um, and it was so wonderful to be able to see these uh, without... With, with it still being a local uh, creation. 
Thank you. And that's some of the, some of our uh, inspiration going into post human project of, uh, you know, I've directed like 100 music videos now. Uh, but but having like knowing those local bands and being involved in that scene and incorporating, we had like 18 licensed tracks or whatever uh, in the film, along with our 20 some score tracks and making that, you know, feel organic of their character motivations. Yeah throughout it. Uh, and as you talked about the effects, one of my favorite ones is actually an organic one where we spray painted the wall for the uh, chapter two uh, uh, intro or whatever, the reveal of, of the uh, this is a graffiti wall, which used to be a graffiti alley downtown. And now they've kind of like painted over it. Oh, uh, yeah. but, but that's where we shot that oh, scene. And it wistful, was full <laughs> moment for like, graffiti uh, alley. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we uh, we actually we shot that right after they painted over it, so they allowed us to do it. We contacted the owner, but we had to paint over it that night. So we finished at like 5 a.m. Oh and then had to paint back over it. <laughs> but it was one of our my favorite things that uh, mm -hmm. that we did on it. Oh, and do you find that it's the, because of technology that you've, you're allowed to? Used to be independent films were basically fiction pieces because they had to be modern. They had to be you know you couldn't really do any kind of fantasy or science fiction at all. Mm -hmm. Because it's just that's just too hard. Uh, do you like the fact that technology allows you to do something kind of outside the box? Yeah, well, what I love, and this is you know uh, the YouTube generation, you know, all of that. That at the end of the day, like the most creative wins. It's not it's mm -hmm. not how much budget you have. Right. Uh, so so with literally with all these shorts with posthuman, like uh, I, I normally do most of the visual effects as well, about eighty percent of it. But but we go into this thinking uh, one with the audience, like first and foremost. Uh, but but yeah, to trying to be as creative uh, as possible and innovative with our resources <laughs> that we have. But we're shooting on the Red Epic, which is like what Amazing Spider-Man mm -hmm. was shot with, and a lot of you know mm -hmm. multi-million dollar things. Like obviously, we don't have the crew size and, and all that that we have. But we're, we take this as seriously as possible, shooting normally six K most of the time, uh, even for bulleteers mm -hmm. and cranking that out in a forty-eight hour <laughs> yeah. well, time frame. Mm -hmm. That came out really well too. Looks looked great. Yeah, I mean, Colin was our main villain in that as well. Let me ask you some bulleteer questions. Sure. <laughs> so how you guys, I'm trying to remember, which genre did you pull? Did you pull Western? We pulled comedy. You pulled comedy. Yeah. Okay. So at what point did you decide, <laughs> uh, hell, let's do like a steampunk Western comedy. <laughs> let's make our lives as complicated as possible. Yeah, that's a really good question. And so uh, this is the fourth year. Of, it was like a team lead for, for a 48-hour uh, and we learned stuff throughout the years. Like you have to have your location set up ahead of time. You have to do all this stuff. So two of the places that we had locked down were 1800s themed stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we had some other places like in case that didn't work or what we, the genre we drew or other, because you draw like a genre, a prop, a line of dialogue and a character. character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so if those like did not work, then we were going to figure out something else. Uh, but this place called um, Simpsons Muse Old Time Museum in Enid is where we shot it. Yes. And it's really cool. I'm those, very familiar. Those brothers are a little crazy, and they, they've made like 13 <laughs> yes, they are. Western features, and they just love to play play Western. Yeah. And, and they, they make them for like, you know, way, way cheap. Uh, and they end up making their money back from their friends and buddies that come see it in Enid, and they sell copies overseas to Japan and like and, and then they just keep making them uh, that's and, fantastic and so we, we came into their but it's obviously it's like very very low budget low quality but they make them and you know they make it work for what they do and they loved seeing us come in with our, all of our gear and all of our lighting and stuff like that and we're like oh we can make this 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 area this spot look like this yeah, honestly, um, perfect they so, were a hoot. They yeah. did a lot of costume suggestions, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, useful costume suggestions? or uh, Once they found out my character, they were like, <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> we got to do this. We said horticulturalist. There's yeah. more There's more, <laughs> like, more phonemes involved you there. second half. Horticulturalist. <laughs> so hopefully that answers your question. We, we were hoping to do, like, a Western going into yeah. it, if it fit what we were doing, and then we got all the other stuff, and we're like, okay, let's do this multi-multi-cross-genre mm -hmm. comedy, western, well, you, and it was comedy power, that you drew sci-fi superhero. <laughs> yeah, well, then Love you nailed it because it, it was still funny, right? Yeah. That was, Thank you. Yeah. I, I enjoyed a lot of the, the 48-hour films, but I, I wasn't... Okay, so if one of the only things you can draw is genre, I feel like I should be able to guess what your genre is mm -hmm. without knowing what, which one you pulled. And I probably would have legitimately guessed western or something sure. first. Sure, sure. But when... 
you know, oh, it's a comedy. Oh, well, that that scans because I laughed. Yeah. So you know, yeah. in the places I was supposed to, Thank you know. And, and we've uh, we've already got into three festivals with it, and we just finished it like a month ago. Uh, and it, uh, it and two of them, it's it's nominated for best comedy. Excellent. Um, so that's the way we hope. You know, first and foremost, that it is a comedy, but it's totally so no, much it's stuff. A good, it's a good zeitgeist moment because it's a pretty big mashup, like weird western steampunk, <laughs> also funny. It has its moments for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to Times Square. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's an ur- urban right action showcase uh, at the AMC in Times Square in November. Cinemax. Uh, yep, the Cin- Cinemax is like yeah. sponsoring. That's cool. Wow. Wow. That is cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Local kids make great. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Out of a uh, museum. Did you yeah. say that that's one we'll get to see Wednesday night? Will you play it again Wednesday night, or has some of these other deals made that not? Yeah, we we are going to show stuff Wednesday night. We we so, okay. Yeah, we we have I a, am, we have. I am asking too hard a question. I will right, stop. We're gonna right a la Comic Con style. You probably realize some stuff is gonna be there, but uh-huh. we also have some surprises too. Okay, <laughs> sweet. No more specific questions for me. <laughs> and where's this at? Um, yeah, it's going to be at uh, District House, which they have oh. that great side of it. That's mm-hmm. uh, they do um, like a, actually have a, like a church there on Sunday, uh, and then they do other events and um, mm-hmm. concerts. And uh, the the Oklahoma City Film Club does a monthly screening there, kind of thing. And so, oh, I know um, that. Yeah, hip hop concert the there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, down in yeah. the plaza. Yeah, yeah it's, it's called like, the Parish. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, the yeah. Parish. That's okay. right. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's right. It's it's in the same building as District right House. There, yeah, um, and it's it's right across the street from. Uh, Empire Slice, if you know where that's mm-hmm. at. Well, District House uh, is where great. we celebrated our our one year anniversary. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I love that place. Like, it's a good Wonderful. We've got to get them in sometime. So you said yeah. it yeah. is what day at at, at, at I was going to say it's this Wednesday, uh, September fourteenth, okay. six thirty p.m. at District House. Okay. And there there are ticket costs. Yeah, we have tickets on, online that are seven fifty. Uh, you can find uh, search just search Reclestiful on Facebook, and you'll be able to find it. Um, and then uh, we'll put a link. And then it's gonna be ten dollars on our Facebook door. page. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's we'll okay. put a link on the okay. Yeah. Okay. Facebook cool. page. So yeah, if you can buy the tickets ahead of time, they're seven fifty. But if you screw that up, <laughs> they'll still let you in. It's ten dollars at a premium. Yeah. <laughs> and you can always go next door and get a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. If yeah, you they wanna, have great food there. If you are something. my friend who cannot sit through the harvesters. <laughs> <laughs> You get Whatever your minute and, and a half, it's like time. just go get a cup of coffee, princess. <laughs> we'll be right here when you come back. Right. Which I'm, I'm literally drinking uh, iced coffee yeah. from from District House right now. I was, I was there right you go. <laughs> Keep it local. Yeah. Um, you said um, the 14th. Uh, 7:30. 7:30. Six thirty. No, 6:30. I didn't blink. I didn't blink on the time. I was yeah. going to ask at the parish. I'm helping you. I know. And (laughs) I feel like we're playing charades. Come back to me. Oh, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah. So um, my uh, Instagram and Twitter is Video Kyle. Mm -hmm. And then Kate, you want to say yours? Uh, Bodacious Joe is my Instagram and Twitter. But uh, yeah, you've got your Facebook page, though. I love uh, that. Reckless Abandonment. Okay. And the easiest way to find out about the show is probably Reckless yeah, so yeah, the, probably the easiest if you're just on Facebook, you can search Reclestival and it's R E C K L E S S Tavol T I V A L. That's right. I have a I have a link on my site too, which is ra pictures.com and that's where the ticket info is. And okay, yeah, awesome. All right, I just I really like sure. Bodacious Joe. Do you have a story for that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it, it, it might be a longer story. I'm going to try and shorten it. So I was in. Don't uh, you dare. <laughs> I was in the Leave military. In every detail. Okay. I was in the military for six years, and um, we did this combat training, and you got, you know, your call sign from the combat training. Mm -hmm. Well, end of the combat training, you have to do this big uh, thing where everybody, like, wrestles each other and does, like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and Mm -hmm. I kicked this guy's butt, but, like, in the process, it was kind of like a bull riding thing. And uh, they wanted to name me um, something from, I think it's Eight Seconds. Is that the bull movie? Uh-huh. Yes, that yeah. is a yeah. bull movie. Yeah, and I guess they picked the wrong bull's name, but it was still one of the bulls, uh, Bodacious. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's my Fantastic. call sign, Bodacious, Bodacious Joe. Yes. I think that's wonderful, and I also love your tattoo on your arm. Thank you, ma'am. I want you to know, if I see you in public, I'm only going to call you Bodacious Joe. (laughs) Right. That's totally cool. Okay. I just just need that out there right now. (laughs) 
No problem. No problem. <laughs> just so yeah. there's no surprises. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. We just right. maybe on some I'm kind of government list after that. It's <laughs> all you know. It's. Uh, <laughs> I've researched. <laughs> already on it. I've researched a lot of things for various writing projects. I'm on government lists yeah. already. You can uh, research <laughs> bodacious, and it actually has a pretty good definition. It's not necessarily like the cowabunga dude, a uh, hot babe word. It's like audacious and adult yeah. filter great, off. Great independent woman <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bodacious. Like bodacious great. space pirates. Literally the second thing that comes. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yes. On on Google. Wow. Well, well done, Google. I'm just glad you can spell it. A lot of times people have problems. So. Yeah, that C I. Mm. Oh, oh my God! Tricky. It's a whole novel series. Don't. I'm I'm done with that rabbit trail for now. <laughs> Check back in a couple of weeks for those reviews, you guys. Yeah. Um, Colin has like thousands of <laughs> followers on. Nah, Instagram. I'll, I'll just I'll just give out my Twitter. It's it's C Place Twelve. <laughs> There's not much to look on my Instagram. What is it? C what? C Place Twelve. Yeah, it's pretty simple. On Twitter. All one word. But yeah, yeah, bodacious. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm it's sorry. Simple. Oh yeah, I feel bad now. Like you had to follow all my right, like. So tell me about bodacious. No, 12, Twelve, the number. Or? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just see place twelve. It's pretty one, simple. Mm-hmm. Have you guys got any more new projects coming up? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I just wrapped a short film with um, Mickey Reese called Lifter. I was a Russian car thief. And tomorrow I'm shooting a commercial with Yosuke. And then I have a Elvis feature coming with Mickey Reese. And then a short film with Jonathan Shahan. I think that one's called Chimera. Yeah, just a few things. (laughs) Can you give us... Paul's kind of busy. (laughs) Can you give us a taste of your Russian accent? Yeah. (laughs) Vosvodonya. Excellent. (laughs) That was fantastic. I love that. It's like a drive, so I didn't really have to do a lot of talking. That's But, I mean, when I did, it was very But when you did, it was convincing. Yeah. Excellent. Well, just glare and a little bit of accent. You've Mm -hmm. got, I feel like you've got (laughs) most of Russian criminal covered. It's all intimidation. That's Mm right. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, for me, yeah, no, what's going on? I I hate to follow that because I literally <laughs> have nothing. My career's over. Uh, yeah, no, he's available. He's, in he's ready to go. I peaked at like the end of my senior year. Yeah, I, I'm, I just started my freshman year at OU, so we'll see if, if things pop up. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's kind of been, I don't know, just kind of like trying to get what I could get, but. Things come by every every now and then, but school, yeah, right now it's he's a great actor. Focus yeah. on focus on school right now. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of time mm-hmm. for yeah. all the other stuff, especially. I mean, I I are you, are you doing uh, theater arts or, or something like that? My uh, my major is creative media production, so okay. I'll be on both sides of of the mm-hmm. spectrum, making films and as well as acting in them. And I just got a job with Sooner Vision at OU, their OU sports broadcasting team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be training there to, you know, hopefully either get in front of the camera or get behind and start running that. But yeah, I just got hired for there. So well, if the we'll acting don't work out, it's always good to have some money right. by doing something behind the camera yes, as well. Yes, for then, sure. When, yeah. Then when you I get the I prefer behind auditions. the camera. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I did cinematography for a while. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so oh. I prefer being behind. You yeah. guys stay in also, front. Right don't listen to these people focus on school right now yeah. whatever I, everybody in this booth was building two-story beer bombs <laughs> their freshman year I, hey i didn't say you couldn't do that i just said focus on <laughs> who the hell can fo- show up for class i got this two-story beer bong i'm working on what is this two-story we had like six stories yeah. Nobody okay. builds stuff that high in Stillwater. Oh, that's, that's your problem. Okay. They're cut off from the conversation. <laughs> but okay. yeah, both sides of the camera. It's great. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Where, where are we cut off? <laughs> You're cut off at six story beer thing. Oh, well, you know, my, Ugh, my brother and I have, children. A uni- have unique and special skills. <laughs> Just saying. Utilize what you can. That's, That's right. It. Yes. And as a really great segue to uh, beer bongs, uh, <laughs> the, my next feature that we're working on is a faith-based uh, <laughs> teen film. That well, enjoy this visit to exactly. by Reckless Abandon Pictures to the Okie Geek Podcast because never again. No, 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 we're no, no, we're no, burning no. all these bridges today, gang. No, no but it's something I'm, I'm, we've been working on the script for about a year and a half. Uh, it's something I'm excited about. It's more or less like inspired by the book of Job uh, in, in high school world. So you kind of have this big kid on campus that has everything and his whole life gets stripped from him. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, I'm really excited about it. And hopefully we'll start shooting next summer. Mm-hmm. Mm, fun. That sounds excellent. I mean, that actually. Did you say it was feature length? <laughs> mm-hmm. Feature length, yeah. okay. That's are you are you going to be needing one crew and two? Are you going to be shooting here? Um, the plan is to shoot a lot of it here and and s- mm-hmm. some of it in Colorado. Okay. Yep. Very cool. That's wonderful. That's all yeah, we else we could say about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So next summer is a long way away <laughs> on the production sure. schedule. We're in the fundraising part right now, mm-hmm. so meeting with investors and all that. There kind of you stuff. go. Yeah, getting producers, getting people to, to give you money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the hard part. Yeah. Hi, do you have money and opinions? <laughs> right. We're looking for producers. <laughs> we need those. <laughs> That's, what it is. That's fantastic. Uh, All right, thank you very much for stopping by. Let's uh, plug that one more time. Reclestival is when? This, yeah, this coming Wednesday, uh, the 14th, 6.30 p.m. at District House. At District House. Go enjoy some great films. And, and also, uh, make sure to check out Post Human Project. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. And can people see Heroes of the Realm yet? Is there any way to see that yet? So very soon, I Less think in the next few weeks. specific questions, Michael. Yeah. No, it's all good. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah very soon. Um, it should be on um, Comic-Con HQ. It's a, it's a kind of Netflix-type sub- subscription that's uh, paired up with, um, wow, Comic-Con and... Lionsgate through through yeah. Netflix. <laughs> it's it's their own thing called Comic Con HQ. Okay. Yeah. Uh, subscription cool. based. Yeah. Wow. It, it just started. There's another thing I would add to my subscriptions. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't have enough already. Man, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much Thank for you. stopping by. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Yeah. Thank and you. That's going to do it for our show. You can find us on our brand new website, okigeek.com. Also on Twitter and Facebook at okigeek podcast. There's also the address for our Gmail account. would love to hear from you. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And around the board, De- uh, Devin, where can people find you? I don't know. Nick, you can find me on the Twitterverse at Webba. That's Whiskey Unicorn Victor Victor Alpha. Nikki. You can find me on Twitter at Retro Robinson. And I also run the Facebook page. Joshua. I'm always on Twitter at Joshua Unruh. You can also... Tune in to watch me fail at technology. That's right. Yes, we've on twitch.tv slash Joshua Unruh. Tomorrow, I am going to Sunday. Yes, I'm going to run a tabletop role playing game on the internet. We're going to see how that works. And (laughs) other people are going to watch it, I guess. When is this? Around seven, around seven central time tomorrow, twitch.tv slash Joshua Unruh. Okay. That's a lot of side eye, Devin. Damn. No, that wasn't side. That was me considering my schedule. She's like, "What's can a can Twitch?" I do that. No, I know what Twitch is. <laughs> thanks to you. Oh, yeah. and I know what tabletop gaming is. N- no thanks. Not to thanks you. to me. Um, and, <laughs> very fair. Uh, but no, I was. I w- that was me considering. It's gonna my be schedule. weird. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be. Yeah, I don't know how I do feel about we, the whole do, in, in the whole wait, project. Honestly. Where is my? And thing? you can find me at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Vinton Bain, Kyle Roberts, Colin Place, Katie Jones, I'm Michael Cross. Kate Jones, sorry. Kate, do I say Katie? Yeah, it's okay. Oh, Katie jo- Kate Jones? Katie Jones? Will, it's, it's, it looks like it's, yeah, will she be at the Brass Ball studio, Michael? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. I'm Devin Green. And I'm Joshua Unruh. <laughs> Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. Geek on.